the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sure is, and it's the final hour of the Stephen Tubbs Show on a Thursday night. Uh, dark now, cooling off, and uh, I guess winding down. Stefan will be back on Monday, and uh, I don't know who's filling in tomorrow. I could not, but I uh, imagine they found somebody. Oh, you're going to do it, Leroy? <laughs> Oh, Stefan's going to be back tomorrow. All right, good. Well, then it doesn't bother me that I had to say no uh, back when that wasn't the case. Six oh six, and I boy, I heard in the news hour that uh, Jenna Ellis, one of Trump's attorneys, got uh, entered into an agreement with attorney regulation here and admitted to election lies. And so I haven't seen the opinion. Don't know all the details about it. The only thing I could grab quickly was a Denver Post story. But it says that Ellis acknowledged making 10 misrepresentations, and that's in quotes, on television and Twitter during Trump's fight to stay in power after losing the 2020 election. Well, we can agree to disagree about that. According to the censure from the Office of Attorney Regulation and Counsel, where Jenna is from, the statements include claiming on Janine Pirro's Fox News show that we have over 500,000 votes in Arizona that were cast illegally telling the conservative network Newsmax on December 15th that Trump was the true and proper victor. Let's see, one more quote they have uh, with uh, Sean Spicer on TV. She said, with all those states, Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia combined, we know that the election was stolen from President Trump, and we can prove that. So I don't know the details behind this. This is a this is like a, the equivalent in a criminal case of a plea agreement where... Instead of going to trial and maybe facing more serious penalties, you you agree to certain things and get a public censure, which says you are bad, don't do this again, and it's made public, as opposed to a private censure where you can get in trouble with attorney regulation and um, and it can all be kept quiet or private. And uh, very, very interesting. I, I, it's hard for me to comment on this because I just don't know specifically, you know, her motivations or what all she agreed to, or or what she may have avoided. But it is interesting to me that Sidney Powell, um, also known as the Kraken by some friends, and I love that title for her because she is, I mean, former federal prosecutor, completely fearless. Uh, loved the times that I've spent with Sidney Powell. But uh, she was also uh, censured or or actually charged, I guess, is the wrong word for it. But a complaint was filed against her. And the Texas uh, bar, whatever their licensing authority was, also tried to go after her license. And remember, there's a Democrat group, and I forget the name of it, that's going around and filing these complaints, trying to go after. It's, it's just more lawfare, trying to go after lawyers' licenses. And Sidney Powell said, no, I'm not taking a plea. I'm setting this for court. I'm going to fight it every step of the way. And she turned in, as I recall, I don't have the order in front of me. This is from memory now, but some 50,000 pieces of paper 
50,000 documents, including affidavits, which uh, some people don't understand the the legal value and importance of, but uh, but they're critical when you're trying to gather facts and decide whether to bring a case forward or not. Um, and just evidence that she brought in and attached to a motion to dismiss the complaint against her, and it was entirely wiped out, entirely dismissed. And I don't know that uh, Jenna Ellis was any more prominent or outspoken about the early belief about the election, the election results, than Sidney Powell was. But Sidney Powell chose to uh, throw down and play all her cards and fought and won. Twitter, uh, apparently on Twitter Wednesday, according to the Denver Post, Jenna Ellis said this was politic quote, this was politically motivated from the start from Democrats and never Trumpers. They ultimately failed to destroy me and failed in their attempt to deprive me of my bar license. I'm glad to have this behind me and remain in good standing in the state of Colorado. Man, oh man, it'd be interesting to know the inside story on all of that. But uh, I do love that, uh, you know, for instance, John Eastman, uh, Attorney John Eastman in California, the California bar, has gone after his license. And he was not... Uh, out on the stage, on the stump, you know, day after the election, the weeks after the election, uh, as a spokesperson for uh, for Donald Trump or for the stolen election claims or any of that, as I recall, I certainly don't recall seeing him there. It wasn't like he wasn't like uh, Rudy Giuliani Jr. or anything like that. Um, he simply is someone who looked at constitutional op- alternatives, legal constitutional alternatives. And advised the president. January 6th committee uh, tried to make him into a scapegoat just as badly as they are with this, as they did with this Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, who we will talk about here in a little bit. Um, and he's fighting like crazy. He's not making a deal. He's not making an agreement either. He filed a hundred plus page answer to the California bar allegations, and it is an interesting and fascinating read for anybody who actually cares enough to know about both sides of the story. I said at the opening, with every passing day, we are learning more and more. That includes about the election in the Dominion voting machines versus Fox News case. Uh, all you hear about is the infighting or the disagreements, but, you know, opinion hosts had different opinions about, you know, the election and or Trump or Tucker Carlson said he hated Trump privately or, you know, things like that. Nobody ever reports that Dominion executives and Eric Coomer, according to the um, the motion for summary judgment, I believe that's what it was that was filed by Fox News. Uh, they attached internal documents and statements and emails and communications between Coomer and others where uh, they expressed concern about the um, the vulnerabilities of their machine and uh, referred specifically, as I recall, to uh, Antrim, Michigan, where um, it was alleged that, as I recall, again, this is years ago now, but Dominion machines flipped votes and... Um, and they said, you know, that that expert is not wrong. I mean, so it both sides of the story have not yet been told. And any of these cases that are now going through discovery and eventually wind up in trial, 
people just have to understand that there is more to the story than what you hear from the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine. And I don't care whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or a uh, Joe Sixpack retired from driving your truck for 25 years. You are entitled to your opinion. And more importantly, you're entitled to hear both sides of a story. And that's what's been missing so long in America, especially since leading up to 2020. Didn't get to know about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop and Joe, you know, taking showers with his daughter and all the drugs and porn and and potential crimes that uh, seem to have come up and out of Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, that was kept from you. FBI had it for a year. They knew that it was correct and they kept it from you. And by correct, I mean that it was accurate. It wasn't Russian disinformation. It wasn't um, a made-up story or, or falsified information or documentation. They kept it from you. And they didn't acknowledge the reality of it until, hmm, mysteriously, after the midterm election. So and Twitter exposing the collusion. I mentioned this at the first hour, too, between... The FBI and, uh, the, you know, the control that was exerted. These people bad. These people good. This narrative bad. Please give us their contact information so we can investigate them and say hello. Uh, it's just insane to think that these are the things that have been going on behind our back but under our nose within the U.S. government under Democrat control. And when Donald Trump was president... The deep state machinations, the lies about Russia, 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 collusion, 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 two phony impeachments, uh, the lies about Charlottesville and what Trump actually said. They just don't stop. Hillary Clinton still out there saying that 2016 was stolen, still saying it, but not censured, not having her license, her law license attacked not being silenced on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. It's just so lopsided. And it seems to me, and listen, I'm open to see what happens when Ron DeSantis gets in, and uh, I, I don't see any of these other candidates gathering any steam or, or uh, potential of taking Trump out of, the, uh, out of this nomination. But Ron DeSantis, of course, he's, he is the strong one who, if anybody's got a shot, it's him. And I'm I'm very excited to see how that all plays out. An earlier texter was so upset because, you know, Trump is going after DeSantis already and trying to marginalize or, or minimize. or uh, This is the way Trump rolls. And um, when he does it with the leader of China or the leader of North Korea or, remember, my rockets, my button's bigger than yours, um, the leader of Russia, we cheer it. This is the personality. But, uh, oh, no, if he's being uh, hard on Ron DeSantis, that's just wrong. He can't get elected that way. But let's go ahead and wrap up these couple last pieces of Trump audio from CPAC, including one that I think is incredibly powerful for purposes of a primary because it resonates with the people who are going to uh, be most involved in these primary races to get delegates and become the Republican nominee. We'll play that last, and then we're going to turn our attention to January 6th, because if you don't know what's, and it's just a trickle of what's out there, 
If you don't know what a fraud and a phony exercise in political theater and uh, and just absolute an absolute effort to create a lie and, and it worked really I mean Trump the insurrection the word insurrection the fact that that is still used on the radio in news reports uh, just casually now you know on on Channel 7, and I'm not singling out Channel 7, I haven't heard this, but just on Channel 7 News, uh, coming up at 5 o'clock, uh, insurrectionist Joe Blow has just uh, entered a plea and will be sentenced to 433 years. They use the term like it's real, and it's not. But let's wrap up with a little bit of Trump fun. Trump at CPAC, uh, this is what he, how he plans to deal with China. And I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China. We have to do it. We have to do it. I will hold China financially accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. And I will again withdraw from the WHO, which stands for we hide outbreaks. We hide outbreaks. <laughs> we hide outbreaks. That, that's got to stick. Uh, the World Health Organization. What a disaster. The information that came out of these places, the CDC, uh, Twitter, and, and Matt Taib have, have exposed the lies. A former head of the CDC testifying to con- Congress said it's very likely this came from a lab. The information is starting to get out into the public sphere where the average lunch pail uh, person who just watches the news and goes to work and raises their kids may start to hear about it. And it's going to have an effect. And how long before it goes from it leaked out of a lab to it's a bioweapon and China unleashed it on the world? I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen or not. But it doesn't seem too far from reality when you see where we started with Fauci at the start, that it didn't come from a lab. It came from a wet market. It's not intentional. It's uh, we only need 15 days to slow the spread. Wear one mask, then two masks, then three masks. Get the vax and you're protected. Get the vax and you're more safe. Get the vax and you're less likely to get to die. Get the vax and you won't get quite as sick. Then after the vax, take the booster and the second booster and the third and fourth and fifth booster. And now a booster a month. I think Pfizer has a monthly plan you can get on. I don't know. And it's all being exposed as lies. Before we go to our break, let's do this. The very first uh, clip that I played from Donald Trump's CPAC speech, which I, even though I'm Republican National Committee man, I loved. And then the last clip that I think uh, is really the inspiration for the forgotten man and woman in America who've had enough, are fed up, and ain't going to take it anymore. When we started this journey, a journey like there has never been before, there's never been anything like this. We had a Republican Party that was ruled by freaks. But we are never going back to the party of Paul Ryan, Karl Rove, and Jeb Bush. Ooh, he's calling people's na- people names. We can't win like that. Republicans, all Republicans have to come together. Come on. 
It's politics. It is blood sport. And we're fighting for the salvation of America by perhaps the one man who can still do it. Certainly like to give him a chance, but we shall see how that race unfolds. Here is what I think was the most inspiring to so many at CPAC and people around the country who are ready to get activated now. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. And once again, who doubts it? Who doubts that after four years of being attacked from his own people inside and outside, and of course the radical left and the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine, on and on and on, who doubts that he believes it? Retribution, does that mean revenge? No, I don't think so. I think it means, you know, if you've spent years in jail awaiting a trial because you trespassed on government grounds, or if you uh, lost your job because you were forced to take a vaccine that is now contributing to this rise in sudden deaths uh, or, or lose your job, or you've experienced the unbelievable escalating inflation, rise of energy and gas, and, and it, that doesn't hurt anybody at the top, then... According to this man, he is the man to turn that around. It's very interesting, and it seems to me like he's just getting started. I don't know what – I guess Ron DeSantis is waiting till the end of his legislative session. And I certainly have no reason to think that Ron DeSantis is not a fighter. Will be fascinating if he gets into this race to see does he punch back, is he good at it, how does it work, and then we can start to decide who is best – poised to lead the Republican fight to regain the White House in 2024. Good, exciting, really, I know it's hard, but fun times ahead. Might as well look at it that way, right? If we're going to live through it, why don't we enjoy it? All right, 623, we're going to turn our attention to January 6th. If you don't know what's gone on, if you don't know what's just starting to be exposed about the sham then you're going to spend, going to want going to want hello going to want to spend some time as we go through Tucker's expose, uh, the only person to receive the forty thousand hours, including apparently defense lawyers and defendants on trial for their very freedom. Uh, we'll do that when we return here on the Stephen Tubb Show on seven ten K in U.S. Yeah, we're back at 628 on the Stephen Tubb Show. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday nights and this weekend Sunday night as well. My show, 5 to 8 p.m., I'll be guest hosting Backbone Radio from 4 to 7 p.m. on Sunday. And uh, one of the things I plan to do on Saturday is um, give you some more of the or some of the real inside stuff that went on at CPAC, some of the great conversations and and meetings that I had, including my talk with President Trump, um, and just the things that impressed me most there. And then some of the lies from the media, like I I read somewhere that... uh, 
Trump's speech, there were 20% or more of the seats that were vacant. Man, it was standing room only. I wouldn't have even gone in there. I had a press pass, and I wasn't going to watch it from the press section. I'd have gone back up to my beautiful room and watched it on my massive TV in there. Um, but I was invited to this the VIP section and right up by the stage and obviously couldn't turn that down. And uh, and it was packed. It was standing room only. People were fighting over seats. It was kind of hilarious, really. So anyway, we'll do some of that on Saturday. And then, of course, I will be fresh out of the Colorado State GOP Assembly, which uh, will be electing a new leadership team. That is very exciting as well. And before I get into January 6th and try and share the rest of the audio that uh, Leroy was kind enough to put together for me this evening, I just want to take a minute to say a shout out, to, to give a shout out to someone I truly love. And uh, uh, this is a woman that I met in law school. She was in night school. I was in uh, day school. So she was there just a little longer than me, probably graduated maybe six months after I did. Um, but we met there and became friends. She actually worked for me in my law firm. She's now doing wonderful work for elderly and uh, for the elderly. Elder law is her specialty, and I think her focus. And uh, just the sweetest, kindest person on the face of the earth. And uh, uh, we've and we're totally opposite politically. Uh, she's on the left. I'm on the right. But uh, we've done things like uh, present uh, presentation on abortion to church groups, and uh, I, I just can't love her anymore. And the reason I bring her up is that today is the first year anniversary of the death of her beloved husband, uh, John Zippor, after they were married for 43 years. And I, I was at the funeral and, you know, stay in touch. And when I heard it was this date, I just wanted to shout out to... Rose and her daughters and uh, grandchildren and John in heaven, um, that political differences shouldn't, and in the case of highly quality people, do not make a difference. Um, I, I love this woman. I love the family. And, and so, Rose, I hope you're doing well today and have lots of warm memories and uh, comfort and strength from God above to get you through a day like today. It's... Uh, it's been a fast year, but uh, I just I can't even imagine. So God bless you and, and love you very much. All right. We're going to, I guess before we move on, a couple of things, uh, because Kamala Harris isn't even being considered, I don't think, to replace Joe Biden. I, I can't imagine he's actually going to run again. I just don't see it happening. Uh, but Kamala was asked about conservatism. In fact, I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's... Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. <laughs> Good God. Could you imagine that giving your State of the Union address or sitting across from Vladimir Putin or the leader of China? My, well, all right. The best that the Democrats have, her and this guy. Guess what? You may remember I was running for office at the time, but you all may remember it, that the, I had a big fight with uh, the former president uh, and maybe future president. Maybe. Bless me, father. <laughs> anyway. At least his press, press secretary always has his back. Uh, where did the numbers go? 
Is that it? Yeah. We're seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. Say what? We're seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. And then, you know, if you're wondering why Donald Trump singled out Paul Ryan, well, didn't single him out, but included him in the list of people that uh, were not going back to that version of the Republican Party, here's why. Come 2024, the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. You won't show up if it's not. If yeah, it's I'm not so. interested in participating in that. No. Yeah, one Maybe of those great Republicans who tells us all the time, the primary's over, get in line. And, you know, I'm going to back off poking folks in Colorado because I do see an opportunity for some conversation and maybe some collaboration to get things done. Not a deviation from our principles, but um, there are things that can be done in Colorado, and I, I would certainly like to be a part of that. Okay. I Oh, we do have Ron who wants to talk about Jen Ellis. I guess that's okay. I do want to definitely get into this Tucker Carlson uh, J6 stuff, and if we don't play it all, we've got plenty of time Saturday and Sunday to get it done. But, Ron, thank you for waiting so long. Welcome to the Stephan Tubbs Show. Well, thanks. Yeah, on your local news, I heard that the Supreme Court apparently uh, you know, intimidated her into saying that she lied about the 2020 election being stolen. Did you hear that? Yeah, no, I talked about it coming out of the news. I uh, I actually oh. commented on it. I even pulled up the Denver Compost story on it. And uh, I missed your comment. Well, thanks a lot, Ron. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. And I contrasted it to Sidney Powell, who got yeah, attacked right. by uh, in Texas, uh, probably the same style of lawfare, some organization that's going around the country and filing these grievances. Uh-huh. Um, and she, instead of making a deal, and I, I don't know any of the particulars, so I'm not drawing a judgment here, but Sidney Powell instead of making a deal, brought 50,000 pages of yeah. documents right. documents to attach to her motion to dismiss. And a judge in that case said that there was no basis to uh, to suspend or punish her license. She was completely vindicated. And my good uh-huh. friend John Eastman uh, wrote a 100-plus page response to the bar complaint launched in California against him. And people should actually read it if they want to understand both sides of a story. But often that's not the case in the media, is it, Ron? No, but I, I mean, do you take the same? Do you have the same? Uh, draw the same inference as I do that they just intimidated her and said, "Okay, we're going to suspend you or disbar you." Either you say you, you lied, or, or that's going to happen. Well, I, I understand the process. Fortunately, I've never had such a sanction, but I, I understand the process uh, oh, yeah. be, because the process is that you know there are opportunities to make it's kind of the equivalent of a plea bargain in a criminal case. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go to a full-blown hearing, and yep. it sounded like uh, she didn't want to go down that road. This was a guarantee to ho- hold on to her license. Yep. Uh, I'm not particularly satisfied with what a little bit I've read so far about the statements that she agreed to make. But, um, you know, again, I don't know all, this, all the story. Well, it's just interesting to me that uh, there are other lawyers who are saying, no way, Jose, I'm, going down. I'm not going down without a well, complete other fight. It's just very disappointing to, to me that, uh, I mean... Uh, uh, she she didn't uh, lie. I mean, obviously that election was stolen. I mean, just look at the timing of all the shutdowns in the middle of the night, and then you know, miraculously, all these votes come in for 
Biden hardly anything for Trump. I mean, come on. I mean, there is such a thing as overwhelming circumstantial evidence. You can make so many arguments, algorithms, uh, uh, timing, um, ballots under tables, phony water leaks that are just a drippy toilet sending all the Republicans home, unconstitutional laws that were passed, laws that were violated, signature verification that was lightened up. I mean, you can... It doesn't take long to start building a case and then reminding people that it was only about 44,000 votes for the electoral college purposes that separated the so-called Biden victory from uh, from Trump oh. being reelected. So, hey, I want to jump into some of this J6. Uh, you okay, all done? Ahead. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say what I had to say. I'm just disappointed that she didn't fight it. And it was... Well, thank you, Ron. Okay. All right. And then there are two things that I always insist on playing um, and on any show that I'm on because they're so very, very important. Let's see if I can find them here. Yeah, here's this one. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. What? Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Now, why in the world would Barack Hussein Obama say that? And then we, we've been doing quite a bit this whole show, just talking about all of the lies that are being uncovered and who has lied more to the American people and been responsible for more death and destruction and damage, in my humble opinion, than this guy. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I didn't shut down anything. So the context there is the first one was October of 19 or 2020. October 2020, and the second one was August of 2022. Hmm, I wonder what changed. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I didn't shut down anything. Yeah. Please never, ever forget the level of nonsense there. All right, but we don't have to jump to our break yet. I just want to launch into this Tucker audio from his show on Monday night when he, for the first time, played never-before-seen footage from January 6th. Away from the corpus of footage that we spent three weeks looking at, it's that the January 6th committee lied. Its members are liars. And as the result of those lies, core civil liberties in this country were eroded. People went to prison. They're in prison as of right now unjustly. So those lies had consequences. So you have to ask yourself, whatever happened to the members of the January 6th committee? These liars who hurt people and the country. Well, let's see. Adam Schiff is running for Senate. Adam Kinziger got a job at CNN. Liz Cheney somehow wound up a professor at the University of Virginia, the August University of Virginia. They're all still there. Benny Thompson. Ooh, listen to his wisdom. But they're liars. And above all, this video proves it. Wasn't Benny Johnson the one who, uh, during a congressional hearing, asked uh, a government official, uh, he was worried about an island, that if they put too many people on it, it was going to tip over? I am pretty darn sure that was brainiac Benny Johnson. But uh, here's just one more minute of Tucker before we take our break. Here's another installment. One of the enduring mysteries of January 6th is the role that intelligence and law enforcement agencies played in the events of that day. 
We know there was some number of undercover federal agents in the crowd at the Capitol. Officials have since admitted that under oath. But what exactly were they doing there? The January 6th committee worked hard to hide the answer to that question. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! Under public pressure, the January 6th committee finally interviewed Ray Epps. Epps told the committee that he never entered the Capitol and therefore never committed a crime. Huh. Well, you know what? I've got one more on Ray Epps, so we'll go just a little bit longer. His text messages showed that at 2.12 p.m., he boasted to his nephew that he had, quote, orchestrated the protests at the Capitol. He admitted he helped get people there. Yet, curiously, congressional Democrats consider Ray Epps an ally, not an insurrectionist. Tonight, we can tell you that at the very least, Ray Epps lied in his sworn testimony to the January 6th committee. Epps testified that when he sent the text messages to his nephew, he had already left the Capitol grounds to return to his hotel room. That is not true. The surveillance footage we found shows that, in fact, Ray Epps remained at the Capitol for at least another half an hour. You're seeing that on your screen now. What was Epps doing there? We can't say. But we do know that he lied to investigators. The January 6th committee likely knew this, too. Democrats had access to the same tape. Yet they defended Ray Epps. No honest investigation would do that. I have not seen the full hour of Tucker's Monday Night Show, but everybody who keeps talking to me about it says it is must see. So go find it on Rumble or or Fox News or wherever it is you can dig that up, and uh, and make sure that you pay some attention to the truth that is starting to more than trickle out. Although. Tucker's got 40,000 hours. I don't know why we've only had one show so far. But regardless, not in our hands, but the truth is seeping free. And thank God for that. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll grab a call or two and uh, just a little bit more Tucker audio for you. As we wrap up the Thursday night edition of the Stefan Tubb Show, I'm Randy Corp, and you're listening to 710KNUS. All right, we've only got a few minutes to go. Stefan Tubb's back tomorrow, I am told. I'll be with you again Saturday night from 5 to 8 p.m. and Sunday from 4 to 7. And we'll tell some inside skinny about my trip to CPAC and the time I spent with President Trump. But Tony's been waiting to ask about that trip. So let's squeeze that in and then we'll finish up with some uh, the rest of this Tucker um, expose of the January 6th um, bleep show. Anyway, Tony, welcome. Thanks for waiting. Hey, Randy, appreciate you taking the call. Yeah, your topic tonight on on Tucker Carlson is actually kind of similar to the question I I have for you. I think I heard you on Monday morning on the George show come back and and talk about the CPAC trip. Did I do I have it correct that you had noted that um, the crowds were a little bit lighter, but it was very much standing room only when. Trump spoke. Is that accurate? A hundred percent. It was uh, it was packed to the gills for Trump's speech. There were times during the day, like when Donald J. Trump spoke, it was uh, there were empty seats. And, and there were also a lot of breakout sessions and other things going around. But Saturday, I, I was checking the website and CPAC was showing sold out by Friday. And Saturday, it was just a, a zoo in in the uh, in the main stage room. OK, so here's here's the concern. You know, I I. All I really care about when I'm tuning in to you guys and, 
anybody else's. I, I, I just want, I want it as truthful as it can possibly be. And, and I don't pay any attention to the Tucker Carlson thing um, because, I, you know, he, he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I mean, here's a guy who, who will say, you know, privately and through his, his emails internally that he absolutely despises and hates Trump and then goes on the air and, and, and puts something entirely else out on the air. All right. My concern, though, is kind of a comparable thing. And and I'm hoping I'm hoping this can be can get corrected. I I have I heard what you said, you know, standing room only. And then I'd heard all this, you know, these things. Of the, the audience was, you know, it was very small and so forth. And I thought, okay, maybe this is just well. Let me just finish. Maybe it's just mainstream media spinning. You got to you know, cut to the chase purpose. just because we're going to run out of time. Okay. Then I watched a video on on YouTube, and I and very careful to try and determine if it was real. But about a third of that hall was dead empty. The last 20 rows had barely one person in it. Now, that's that's incongruent with you saying it's standing room only when 20 rows are empty. And that video is on YouTube. I can only speak from where I was, which was on the side of the stage. And I stood up and I got up on my tippy toes and stand on my chair and looked entirely around the room as far as I could see. Um, all along the walls behind me and wrapping around the back, there were people standing. So I, I'd, I'd be happy to see the video and see if there was something maybe you know, I couldn't it's, see. It's, but... video looks, it's, video, it's video on YouTube. It's one of those things that looks like it's coming off of somebody's phone. I guess it's... And they're panning from the very back to the very front. And I, at first I thought, I can't see Trump on the stage because it's a camera phone. And I thought, okay, maybe this is manipulated video. And then I know... And you can do the same thing, and your listeners can do the same thing. I note the big screens on the that they had showing, you know, where you could view, you know, you don't have to see Trump. You see the big screen. It was indeed Trump speaking, and this hall is a third empty. So that's incongruent right. with what you're saying. Well, I can only, that concerns me. I can only tell you what I saw, Tony, and uh, I'll look at uh, the tape and see. But, from, man, from where I was at, there were people fighting for seats. It was hilarious. And the lines to get in were great as well. So, um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll check I, hope it out, you, I hope you will take the time to look at and, that. And as far as Tucker goes, though, regardless of what he thinks about Trump or what you think about him, the video don't lie. I will say the same thing to, I, I would say to anybody, and that is to your listeners right now. Wait, let's see what the courts do. Let that be the arbitrator. If there's truth to what Tucker's saying, then a whole bunch of people are going to get freed from jail. If they don't get freed from jail, then it's not Tucker's story is just that a story. Right. Would that be fair to say? All right. Thank you. You bet. All right. I do want to get the last of this audio in because it is it's just good stuff. Just good stuff. But the point of the January 6th committee was never to investigate anything. The point was to stage a made-for-TV show trial. From the opening moments, the tone of the hearings was almost comically overheated and polemical. There was not a tragedy in American history that Democrats didn't liken to the protests of January 6th. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. How staged and fraudulent was the work of the January 6th committee? Democrats hired a Good Morning America producer called James Goldston to dramatize the footage they released. They even dubbed in audio to make the pictures more sensational, as in a docudrama. Yeah, and you could see it, you could hear it, and you could feel it. The networks carried it all live, as if it were real. Lied about the police officer they claimed to revere. If they were willing to do that, 
then their dishonesty knew no limits. And as you'll see in a moment, their dishonesty did know no limits. New surveillance video in just a minute, including new reporting on Ray Epps and what he was doing there and what he told investigators he was doing there and how it's contradicted by the video evidence. By the way, Tucker was talking about Brian Sicknick, the police officer that uh, we heard with breathless reporting was killed by a fire extinguisher to the head. And then when that was proven false, it became bear spray. And uh, and part of the video that's shown is Sicknick walking around the Capitol after his interaction with rioters and uh, and, you know, looking just fine. And we know for a fact that the only person who was actually shot and killed that day was a Trump supporter, a military veteran, a woman named Ashley Babbitt, who, understandable, was crawling through a window, understandable that they would stop her, not understandable that they would execute her at point-blank range. No warning of any kind. Her head comes through and boom, she posed no danger. The cops left before. It's interesting to watch. These videos haven't been suppressed. To watch the video of the police officers in that hallway where Babbitt and others were pushing up against doors. And I don't support any of that. Uh, and then this, But this broken window, she started to crawl through. The cops had left by then. I don't know why. And she's just shot and executed. But the biggest thing that I saw in the videos that I have seen from the Tucker show... Uh, relate to the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley. In every video, he's being escorted by police. They're trying doors to find an open door. They open the door to let him in. He goes into the Senate chamber or the House chamber, wherever it was that he was, and he prays for these police officers. It's all on the video. And he's treated like some psycho who is leading a charge to overthrow the government. Now, I understand he's got mental health issues, anybody that dresses like that. I don't know what was going on, but he was not violent. And the judge who sentenced him treated him as though he was. And this video was not presented as exculpatory evidence by the Department of Justice to his lawyers. Heard his lawyer talking about this last night. And it certainly wasn't presented to the jury or the judge. That is a fraud. J6 is a fraud. And we'll pick up this conversation further when we come back. And I'll look for the video um, of CPAC to see what uh, the caller was talking about. I can only tell you what I saw from my seat, <laughs> and I could see nothing but a mass of people. All right, that's it. Randy Corcoran, God loves you, so do I. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.